Welcome to the Breaking Awesome Podcast, episode 12. Joining me from across the wide, wonderful state of Kansas, in the southeast corner, Oswego, Kansas, is Kent. Yo, yo. What up, dog? Smack Uh, dab. In the center of the state, in Marion, is Daniel. Absent from today's podcast in the southwest corner, south of Garden City, is Matt. And I'm your host, joining you from south central Kansas in Derby, Heath. Hello, everyone. Yay. Did you want that for you, too? (laughs) Silence. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, good. How are you doing? Good. Wait, is that the what's up? Wait, wait, wait. Now's Kent. What's up? Oh, man. I wish wish you would have asked Dan first. All right, Dan, what's up? (laughs) Well, um... (laughs) It was Easter. Ooh, yeah. How'd Easter go, Dan? We had Easter. Was it? Have we not done this since Easter? No, we haven't. No way have we done this since Easter. Easter was good. We had... Like five egg hunts <laughs> and like wow. five gallon bags full of candy. Oh my god! Afterward, we tried so to give our candy away to a homeless person, and he was like, "Nah, I already got enough." <laughs> <laughs> the kids before you dumped all their candy on me. Oh man, that is horrible. Is it just me, or do our kids get a lot more candy than we ever got? Way more. Oh candy. yeah. Well, I mean, just Sundays, my kids get candy for Sunday school. They get candy offered by, you know, people at church. This is why Christians are the fattest people. On, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. On the and face they, of the planet. Other religions candy, do it too, though. Yeah, yeah. they get candy you first. You don't see a lot of fat, like, sorry, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> nope, it's not all right. Lots of candy, Dan, on Sundays. Yeah, lots of candy. That's the point. So That's the point. It's true. Yeah, I'm just saying you don't see lots of fat Hindus, you know? <laughs> I don't think they're giving out lots of candy in Hinduism. If they were in America, they are, though. They might be. That's true. Yeah. They get a lot of it at school, too. Your kids get a lot of it at school? Yeah, I mean, every kid who has a birthday, they get, you know, something. A little cupcakes or treats well but they can't bring in like the baked goods anymore oh it all has to be like can't. packaged you know yeah if you live in a city that's the rule mm-hmm. out in small town america they man st- we do it upright they still oh, like yeah, we brownies and rice krispie cookies slabs of lard nice. i mean it's just like <laughs> yeah there are no regulations in small town in rural america <laughs> it's coming your just way do whatever guys. the heck you want just wait for it <laughs> wait till somebody gets, gets sick from it or some kid gets his uh, triggers his, get sick his peanut allergy or something, even though the people swore there was no peanuts in it. Yeah, it stinks. Everything has to be like prepackaged that they bring in nowadays. So the kids don't ever get any good, like fresh baked stuff in school. Our kids do every single day of the week. <laughs> That's there's not only good 20, for them, man. <laughs> there's only 20 kids in their class, but every single day of the week, it's a birthday. Somehow. I mean, sure. We ensure plenty of sugar. So they pour like lick corn syrup on everything. 
It's the best place in the world, Oswego. Nice. And that and your super fast internet. Yeah. Which is failing you tonight, by the way. It's it's basically a gateway to heaven, Oswego is. <laughs> Dan, what else is going on with you, man? I had an interesting case the Ooh, other day. Can, can, can you talk about, about it? it? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an interesting one, but I cannot tell you. Can you it's change not, the names and the... Sure. In what well, you actually did in litigation yet. <laughs> that I know of. I'd say it's better to err on the side of caution on that. Yeah, probably. For your burgeoning business's sake. That's well, really interesting, Dan, that case that you can't tell us anything about. Thanks yeah, for bringing it up on the podcast. The most interesting segment sure. we've had. Kent, have you had any interesting counseling sessions as a pastor that you also <laughs> can't talk about? <laughs> Oh, I had a rip roaring one last night, <laughs> but I can't tell you. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's a podcast. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> so Matt, what's up? Nothing. Matt. Oh, that's you need to right. Put a, put a like drum solo in there. Yeah. We're a little, uh, a, a little clip from little shop of horrors. Yeah. Matt is once again busy doing uh, a play, Garden City Community College musical, Little Shop of Horrors. So he's too busy for us, even though you know he made this commitment to this podcast long before that play. But and whatever. I don't mean to say nothing, but I'm fairly certain every time that I've come down about the like been negative about the podcast, Matt always is kind of like passive aggressively coming after me but i feel like he's kind of turned into that guy it's not really passive when he comes down on you it's totally aggressive (laughs) that's true it's totally aggressive yeah i'll give you that i will give you that well what are you gonna do well here we are we're doing it without him man and here we we are talk bad about him so that's kind of fun i probably will matt smells his own feet We wait until we get to the Catholic moment. <laughs> Save it for the Catholic oh. minute. <laughs> I'm waiting for Without it. Without the one Catholic guy. Right. The only segment that we had that was any good <laughs> last time. Dang it. So, Kent, what's up with you? Well, we just got back from a meeting up in Parsons for Care Portal. Which that is? That's a, it's, a, it's this cool ministry that connects foster families or the foster care system with churches. And so um, the foster care system, DCF and those kind of places, they deal with all the families. They know they have all these needs, but they don't have resources to help the families and churches have resources, but don't have the connection with the families. And so care portal is a website that uh, this, this organization created that allows DCF to go put, needs on the website. They get emailed out to the churches, churches meet the needs and then people like actual individuals in the church go and meet the needs for people. So we're launching that in our County and we went to be at the launch party. That's cool. <laughs> it was rip, rip roaring party too. <laughs> bunch of Christians oh, and DCF workers. We ate chili <laughs> dogs and it was good. Yeah, it is a really cool, cool thing. Cool. So, um, so the government paid for this party. <laughs> yeah. The government paid for it. Yeah. Yep. There it's, it turns out that whole separation of church and st- state thing, not a real, not a real thing. 
Not a big deal. Oh, private donors paid for the party. Yes. Actually, church members uh, created, like, made chili dogs. And um, it is really cool, though. It's it, like this. Really, that's what the foster care system is about, is trying to help families keep their kids uh, instead of, um, even when they remove them from their home, they're trying to rehabilitate the family. So, so foster care gets bashed quite a lot by people. Having yeah. now gone into the system both as you're in the middle of uh, going through it to become a foster family, right? Right, right. Yeah, we're actually, we, this is our last session this week. So. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. Um, and, and being kind of on that side of like learning about the needs and stuff. Yeah, so, you had a question. So what's your take on it? I think, I mean, it's like anything. There are probably some real negatives in there. There's probably workers who are tired and worn out and don't, do their job like they should. And there's probably families taking advantage of it. But I think for the most part, it's an overwhelmed system that doesn't have all of the parts that it needs to completely function well. Does that make sense? So like the need, like in Kansas alone, there's something like 6,800 kids, 6,500 kids, something like that, that are in foster care right now. And um, it's the largest number of children in Kansas ever that have been in the foster care system and it just continues to go up. And so the problem is you getting enough families for that is really difficult. And then also there's like in, in, in our County, there's like 27 families right now that are kind of in the preventative stage where they're trying to keep their kids from going into the foster care system. But so you, you have, it's this whole gamut, you know, there's families that are struggling and they're trying to keep their kids from going into it. There's kids that are already in it and they're trying to rehabilitate them. And then there's kids who are never going to get put back with their families and they're going up for adoption. And even that is difficult because like, let's say Jenny and I adopt a child, then we're removed as foster parents out of the system. And so while that's good and helpful, it, it's still kind of devastating to the system overall. So you couldn't choose to stay in after you adopt a kid. No, you can. The difficulty for us would be like, well, if you going guys from four to five kids, yeah. us would be hard, you know, um, right now, like we've, we've talked about once our kids are older, like I'd like as our kids age and, and even graduate out of high school, like I'd love to someday foster teenagers who other people probably aren't going to foster, you know, uh, cause I feel like I'm pretty good with that type of kid. So we'll see when I'm like 50, but (laughs) (laughs) not the same as when you were 20 as a youth minister. Right. Yeah. But you know what I mean? So it's, it's just a difficult thing overall. Um, but I, I have been very impressed with like the training that they have for us. And like right now on this last week, what we're doing is going through and we have to document out what's our morning routine as a family. What are the unspoken rules that we kind of everybody in our family knows, but somebody else wouldn't know when they come into our house and give me an example um, of one of those for you guys. So like, uh, like our kids aren't allowed to just go open the fridge and get anything out that they want. They have to ask us cause our, so podcast listeners know our kids are young still like eight years old and under. And so in general, if they want a snack, it's fine. They can even go choose their snack, but they need to talk to us before they go do that. But like a kid coming out of the foster care system, even like a three-year-old might be totally used to just taking care of themselves and never having to ask a parent, you know? So, um, 
it's really good because it helps you define what it, who, how your family functions so that you can clearly communicate that with a child. So when they come in, they, cause otherwise they're already going through this tremendous upheaval and then to be asked to try to kind of silently figure out how your family works is pretty unfair. So we're trying to document that for them and then help explain it and be gracious as we go through it. So mm, cool. Yeah. Dan looks kind of like Kiefer Sutherland right now. Yeah, you do. Can you do the whisper okay, talk? Not, not that. Just normal. Do the whisper talk. Show me where the bomb is. That was no, a whisper. Oh. Show me where the bomb like, is. Something yeah, like, he's got a good bomb is. Yeah. Do it again. Show me where the bomb is. Heath has, I think Heath has the best whisper talk. Yeah. Show me where the bomb is. I'm not yeah. sure that Kiefer Sutherland can act without whisper talking. <laughs> I was hoping in his new designated survivor that he would not whisper talk, but he still whisper talks. Kent, did you take the camper out? No. Oh so my gosh. We, oh, tell me about it. We have been waiting for weeks and we, we had last weekend, we were all planned. We we're getting it all ready. And then it rained all weekend, like stormed. And then this weekend we were going to go again. Storms all weekend is what they're saying. So you have a camper. What's I that's know. the purpose of the camper is so that you don't get rained on. Right. So just go. Talk to my wife. Talk to my wife, although she listens to this, so you can't throw her under the bus anymore. She, why does she listen? I don't know. I said, Do you like it? And she said, I'm not telling you. <laughs> 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 and women wonder why they're a mystery to us. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, you have to tell me the guys are going to ask. And she said, no, because if I tell you, they'll just make fun of me. Oh, well now that <laughs> we know she listens, we won't make fun of her anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause that would be rude. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we will make fun of Matt cause somebody yes. has to be made fun of. <laughs> That's just the rule. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, well, I'm glad we converted her. Yeah, I think she's just trying to make sure that I don't throw her, like, say something that I shouldn't say. <laughs> she's she's I, policing I, you. She's just the Kent police, yeah. <laughs> well, if you'll remember, I think it was two episodes ago. It's at the beginning of uh -huh. April. I said that I think that we would double our numbers in April. Uh huh. In March, we had 34 unique downloads. And in April, already, we have 88. Ooh. So more than double. Thank you, listeners. Betsy, and Betsy's got three iPhones now that she downloads it on. All numbers are in tens of thousands, obviously. <laughs> Be sure to like us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Even if you don't like it, give us a five-star rating. That's so true. But Just to be nice. Who, would, who wouldn't like it? Why are you listening if you don't like it? Other than to police Kent. Right. <laughs> Hi, Jenny. <laughs> We love How many you, listeners Jenny. do we have to have before we start making money? <laughs> that's that's all. I, that's, that's the only reason I'm in that's this. That's all that matters. It's it's a multiple of what we have now. A high multiple. <laughs> well, just say that. <laughs> it's like multiplying what we have by itself. In right. It, <laughs> this, <laughs> right. We need executives from Audible to be listening. Something like that. <clears throat> Did you see Peter's letter to Donald Trump? What? No, yeah, I did. That was awesome. 
Peter wrote a letter to Donald Trump. I came home yesterday from work and he was like, dad, look at this. And I thought it was like a school assignment, you know, but he had, uh, he had taken it upon himself to write a letter to the president. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. He had, well, he had read a thing on endangered animals. And so he, he was like, um, dear, dear president, Donald Trump, please, 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 please help or talk to world leaders to, to help endangered animals. And so then he went on to like tell him a few different endangered animals, like for instance, this and nice and specifics. Then, that's good. Right. And then he said, so, and then at the end he put PS, uh, if you need, if you need help, I'm available for consultation. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. And he said, we'll be in Washington DC at the end of June. And so, <laughs> We mailed that to Trump. I, I uh, tweeted it to him, but unfortunately he's caught up with like, you know. Arguing you know, with Megyn Kelly. Right. The important things in life. So Trump, if you're listening, my eight-year-old son would like to hear from you. That's pretty cool that he did that. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Well, I'll need a picture of it to put on the website. Breaking, it's on Twitter, dude. Breakingawesome.com. In the All show right. notes, which I, we actually put in show notes for the last episode. So, you know, like stuff we talk about, videos, links, check it out. We'll try to yeah, do it for I'll this see. one too. He writes, I don't want them to go extinct. Yeah, that was my favorite part. He and I have the same type of vocabulary. E-X-S-T-I-N-K-E-D. <laughs> I think that's how it should be spelled. <laughs> I think it should too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, on extinct my, like the dinosaurs. I'll list a couple of animals here: <laughs> <laughs> the tiger, the giant otter, the Asian elephant, and the giant panda. I like all of those too. Oh, me I too. too. That's a good list. And I think he's right. I don't want to see him disappear. Because yeah, when I oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. When I tweeted Trump, I said at at real Donald Trump came home and my son had written you this letter. He believes you can make it great, even for the animals. And then I put hashtag no mo is extinct. But he don't care. <laughs> cool. So, hoping that'd become a hashtag, but it didn't. <laughs> so, Heath, what is up? Why, thank you for asking, Kent. <clears throat> well, my, I wasn't prompted. <laughs> my birthday was on Saturday. Yeah, how was it? It was good. Yeah, and... Cool. Jenny got me a great surprise birthday present that uh, I had no idea was coming, and all of you did. Ooh. So Jenny got uh, four tickets to the U2 concert in Dallas at the end of May for the Joshua Tree <coughs> retour, as I'm calling it, and, uh, and a hotel room. And she arranged with Kent and Dan and Matt to make sure that their schedules were cleared. So we're all going to you too. Wait, it's Joshua Tree? Yeah. Hmm, I don't think I'm going to <laughs> Don't Don't go bashing you two. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, especially on your birthday or a few yeah, days after Yeah, come on. We can so. always give your ticket to Keenan. <laughs> Dang it. That's right. Or maybe Travis would come down. Happened my whole life. <laughs> I'm excited about it, man. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, that'll be cool. That is like a winner of a birthday present. Yeah, I was uh, I was really surprised. I thought maybe she would get you two tickets because she had hinted something about it, but I had no idea that she was going to 
arrange with you guys, set that up. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the I did not expect that. Yeah. The giveaway was, was she asked me to take, make sure I took May 27th or whatever. Those dates that, off. That day off. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of hard I, one. And I was like, I think that's when the U2's in Dallas, but I wasn't sure and I didn't look to ruin it. So she wasn't like, I'm getting a hysterectomy on that day. So I need you to take all the, <laughs> she didn't make some big fake story. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. It's funny to me because I, I didn't know. Jenny asked, my Jenny asked me and she was like, so are you doing anything on these days? Are you going to be around? And I was like, I don't know why. And she was like, well, do you want to go to a U2 concert with Heath? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. Is it Joshua Tree? And (laughs) (laughs) it's not that Joshua Tree tour, is it? Yeah. I wondered what it said about me though, that your wife had to go through my wife to get a real answer. (laughs) (laughs) Did she contact you? I, I think, I, d- I don't know. I don't really remember being contacted, but maybe that's the whole point. That Well, I've told her not to talk to you without me <laughs> that's around. Probably, that's probably why. He's got that predator instinct. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, ate at, my parents were in town and we went out to uh, Sabor on Saturday night, which is a cool restaurant in uh, Old Town in Wichita. Was it? Was Harrison Ford there? Harrison Ford was not there. I pretty much eat there so that I can hopefully one day meet Harrison Ford, who likes to eat there when he's in town getting his plane fixed. But uh, so far, no luck. Except there was the picture that I sent you guys a couple months ago of this guy with this really fake long hair. (laughs) Are you going to put that one on here? And... If I can find it, sure. And I swear that that could have been Harrison Ford in costume. Because, you know, he doesn't just go out like wearing his leather jacket and his his felt hat, you know. (laughs) His Indiana Jones hat. Right, or his black vest. His his whip. And his blaster or something, you know. Nobody would expect him to have his hair down to his waist. Of course. I'm always thrown off when I see him with his uh, earring. Earring. Yeah, he did get that earring. I don't care for the earring. Lost respect for him when I saw the earring. Pretty much all of his movies were downhill after that, too. Yeah. I watched Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull with Peter, and then I I had to apologize the entire time. I was like, son, I'm so sorry. (laughs) This is not what an Indiana Jones movie is meant to be. (laughs) Why didn't you just watch the original? Well, we had watched all of them except for The Temple of Doom. And and I feel like he's still a little young for The Temple of Doom because there's the whole creepy pulling people's hearts out but you know we're watching it and i i had watched it a long time ago and i remember kind of genuine generally not liking it but when like the kid starts swinging in the trees like tarzan i mean come on i don't even remember oh it's horrible yeah i i want an apology for that movie yeah no joke harrison ford if you're listening apologize and george lucas who else oh, he, steven spielberg he knows he knows they know <laughs> Horrible. Maybe they should just have J.J. Abrams do the next Indiana Jones. Dude, and he can reboot. He can fall through some time portal. Somebody could start out, it could start out by somebody just slapping him on the face crazy hard. And he wakes up and he was just having this horrible dream about the crystal skull. <laughs> it never actually happened. <laughs> yeah. 
They just wipe that one off. The, and he doesn't actually map. have some kid. Right. A legitimate child. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's funny. <clears throat> and it was back when every, every surprise ending turned out to be aliens. <laughs> like that was a big surprise. Spoiler. Come on, Kent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, folks. If you haven't watched that 15 year old movie. The, Which the, you probably haven't because it was horrible. The Crystal Skull? That wasn't that long it's ago. It's the King, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was like Look, maybe 15 10. years? No, there's no way it was 15. Look it up. Look it up. Google it. All right. Yeah, that was like 2008, I think. Pretty sure. Basically 15 that's, years that's ago. That's nine years ago. <laughs> you and all your fancy dancy math. Did you look it up, Dan? No. I, do you want me to? Dan's just like a walking encyclopedia. I don't know, because of it, it was it was Let's recent see. enough that the internet Dude. blew up about the the whole refrigerator surviving the nuclear blast thing. Oh yeah, right, at stupid. the beginning, yeah, two thousand eight. <laughs> You're right. It's funny to me that that was the part that they thought was least believable, though. <laughs> I mean, just the entire movie was full of ridiculousness. Indiana Jones is supposed to be ridiculous, though. No, I mean seriously, he swings through the trees like he's Tarzan. I mean. The the kid, what's his face? The kid, yeah. Um, what's his name? Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Oh, there's an Indiana Jones five coming out in 2019. Does Not it true. have Harrison Ford? It has an IMDb page. No, it really does. Yes, Harrison Ford. Wow. Because they've got to try to <clears throat> redeem themselves. Are they going to padding padding his legacy? Yeah, no joke. Are they? He's got to. He's got to pay for those fixes on the plane somehow. <laughs> Are they gonna um, kill him? Do you think he's just gonna I, like? I think last go time back and do tried- every series that he's in and get killed. Be like, I'm done. Pride. <laughs> <laughs> that that feels about right. I they tried to pass the torch, you know, on on the fourth one. Yeah, but if they wanted to pass it to Shia LaBeouf, why did? They make him like a greaseball right. motorcycle guy and not like a, a bookworm, you know? Right. He wasn't somebody that you wanted to like. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, make him a nerd, yeah. an action nerd. So well, Harrison Ford is the only one that is confirmed for Indiana Jones 5. Huh. If he stays alive. <laughs> if he doesn't crash land his plane like in the what ocean a or something thing to say. Exactly. I mean, he's engaged in very high risk activities and he is, you know, statistically in that age range for <laughs> for actuarials get a little yeah, you know. I think it's funny that he just kind of does whatever and they're just like, "Uh, it's Harrison Ford. We'll let him keep flying." We're not going to ticket in him. We're not going to ticket him for landing on the the taxiway. It's Harrison Ford. He can do whatever he wants. That reminds me, have you guys seen the movie Aftermath? No. It'll mm. keep you oh, rolling. with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. It is a million laughs. Not really. It is. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like this long, slow, sad, sad movie. And then there is like five minutes tops at the very end where it's like full of action and all this stuff is happening. Jenny and I watch it and she makes it all the way to the point where the five minutes is about to begin. And I look over in the middle of it and she's like in the middle of the action and she's just zonked out. She had made it <laughs> all the way through all the junk. 
it's about planes. So that was where that segue came from. So you, and crashes. you would not recommend aftermath. I did not recommend it. Although the actual story that it's based on is pretty interesting hmm. or the fact that it was a true story is a true story. Partially based, very loosely based, loosely based on a true story on a true story. Almost exactly the same story though. Well, guys, I think it's time for the Catholic Minute, Matt. The Catholic Minute, Matt. Okay. I think we just need to pose questions we have about Catholicism. <laughs> about Catholicism for him? Or, or vent some of our preconceived notions of what Catholicism <laughs> is. I think you should pull out your old comic books <laughs> <laughs> that deeply shaped all of our views all of our anti-Catholic views from middle school. Can we really call them comic books, though? They were comic books. They were comic books, yeah. Yeah. Jack Chick they were. publications. Yep. And Jack Chick hated Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. It was all right from the Bible, yes. though. You know, Revelation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, straight from the Bible. Right from the Bible. Jack Chick stuff was? So, Dan, what what question would you ask Matt if he had bothered to join us? How do you get into heaven? On roller skates. <laughs> As a Catholic, how do you get into heaven? How do you get into heaven? How do you know you're going to heaven? I think Can he, you know I think he says heaven? that you can't know. Matt does? Yeah. That's what I've heard him say, essentially. It's just the wrong question. It's It's not about am I going to make it to heaven or what's God going to do for me when I die? It's about what am I going to do for God today? How am I going to pick up my cross today and follow Christ? How am I going to treat my neighbor in the way that Christ would expect me to? Uh, he who seeks to gain his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve it. My whole life is a journey to God. Every day I'm trying to, to be more the person that I was created to be. Salvation is a journey. Let's ask Catholic questions and then try to answer them for Matt. It's like Dan's CSI segment. <laughs> right. Just religified. I like it. Why do you have so many statues and bones? Because <laughs> they're flipping cool. See, I wish Protestants had more bones. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, the bones are kind of cool. Yeah. Relics. Catechisms? Wait. But the, yeah, these relics, they, they build Wait, do you mean cathedrals around these things. <laughs> I totally meant catacombs. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Well, they have catechisms too. I just don't know if I envy those as much. But They do have catechisms, yeah, I but catechisms. There's, I don't think there's any bones in them. <clears throat> what were you saying, Dan? <laughs> yeah, the, the relics, they... You know, they build whole cathedrals around these things. Don't I know it? Does every cathedral have to have a relic? I don't know. Well, there's a question, Matt. We There's a question, Matt. Where we want to know. Not only does every cathedral have a relic, every altar in every Catholic church has a relic. The unfortunate thing uh, for everyone is like, that doesn't mean there's somebody's head in St. Dominic's in Garden City. Um, most relics are very, very small. For example, the relics that uh, they used at St. 
uh, at Mother Teresa's uh, canonization were like three drops of her blood, very, very small. Most relics are teeny tiny thing, like a tiny shaving of bone or something. So, but every altar has a relic. And that just goes back to when the church was being persecuted and they celebrated all the sacraments in the catacombs. It was just like, Hey, this is cool doing this. We like the bones. Let's keep it up. And they're like, yeah. Here's my question. I was just wondering this the other day. So, you know, when we pray to God, he's omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He can hear all of our prayers at the same time. Mm -hmm. When Catholics pray to Mary or to any of the other saints, are they omnipresent or in a way that they can hear all the prayers at the same time? Are they outside of space and time? So ding, 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 ding. They can attend to each one, one at a time. I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious Me, what the answer would be. Me too. I'm curious now. See, I think that would be my strategy is to, to pick like the most obscure saint <laughs> as my, <laughs> as, right. as the saint that I pray to. Cause, Cause you, know, you get his ear. They're just. <laughs> yeah, they're just you know sitting around right. waiting for that, and they're and they're like, oh yes, finally somebody's praying to, and they're gonna <laughs> do their best. They're gonna do their best to get you know, they're, get that up before the big man, right? They're the Nacho Libre of of sainthood. <laughs> Saint Stanislaus, yeah. he he only hears from the Polish people, probably. <laughs> probably, there's a good chance that's all he hears from. I think that's a good strategy. Actually, he's he's pretty. He's yeah, pretty he's famous. popular. That you didn't you didn't just make that name. No, up. that's real. I've heard it in movies. No, I've yeah, I've seen churches named Saint Stanislaus. Ingalls, Kansas. The parish in Ingalls, Kansas, is called Saint Stanislaus. You've all seen it a million times. Okay, and he was Polish. That was not a like a, a that wasn't a slur. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought no. you were stereotyping. <laughs> I did too. Oh. <laughs> Kent, what would be your Catholic question? I, see, I don't think Catholic I should ask because my questions are always like to try to like dig at you. And so I don't, I don't know that that's very nice. You know? I don't know. Matt's not here to defend it. So. <laughs> well, like. Or to say that it's not nice. Like to. So I don't, I don't think I should ask. I don't Well, if I offend all our Catholic <laughs> oh, listeners. I well, I just wonder. When we, what's the word that we use? What's, I don't know. What's the thing that Matt always goes back to his Catholic, like encyclopedia of Catholicism. Transubstantiation. No, his book that whenever we ask a question, he's like, let me check the Catholic encyclopedia book. Catechisms. Is it the ca- it's the, the catacombs. Catechism. Okay. So <laughs> that's what I said. So when, uh, I don't know. I always wonder what, like Jesus came and got really upset with the Jewish people for writing down the traditions of the fathers and living by the traditions rather than like what God, like God's intention. You know what I mean? Like, so he'd say, you've heard it said, and then he would elaborate that it's way deeper than what you've than kind of the, the framework that they put on that. And so I'm not making any sense. You're going too far. Ken. All right. I just wonder what the difference is. Like, how, why is it? Okay? The guy's not even here, man. Give him a break. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. I'm a jerk. You're not a jerk, Kent. But the deal is, 
he wasn't like, hey, stop teaching people, all you rabbis. He didn't go around like, you know, to the temples and say, hey, what are you trying to teach people for, you dummies? Don't try to teach people. He was disagreeing with their interpretation of scripture. The big difference between the Pharisees and the Catholic Church, which Jesus Christ founded, was the Holy Spirit. The Catholic Church, as a Catholic, you believe, is being guided by the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees were not being guided by the Holy Spirit. That's the biggest difference. I would like to know, so the, the in Carthage, Missouri, there is a Southeast Asian monastery for Asian monks, and the name of it is the Congregation of the Mother co-redemptrix and i would like matt to explain what the mother co-redemptrix is Mm. i assume it's mary but i don't really know what that means dude i don't know why the vietnamese monks like that name i don't know i don't even know if it's translated right i do know that co-redemptrix is things that gets thrown about every so often and it always gets you know just suppressed by the church proper. It's not an official name of Mary. The idea behind the name is that uh, God gave Mary a free choice whether or not to have, whether or not to conceive Jesus. And so by her fiat, uh, she enabled us to be redeemed. And so they would say, well, she's co-redemptrix because it was partially an act of her own will that allowed Christ to come to earth. And that's where it comes from. But it's not an official title. Um, the reason why they are allowed to call themselves that is because they're Vietnamese and people say, you know, who's going to yell at them? They're in Missouri, not in Vietnam. And honestly, I don't even know if it's translated. I, I don't know. But it's a global church. And sometimes you just like you nod and smile and say, okay, cool, whatever. Peace be with you. I will tell you, if you're ever in Carthage, Missouri at Christmas time, though, those monks have a spectacular light show. Really? Yeah. You should cut out the cool. part about the catacombs earlier where I was trying to explain it. Not the funny part, we'll but see. the not funny part. We'll see if it's funny. It's not funny. See, that is, that's such a waste to me. I mean, monks should be engaging in... In beer making, <laughs> instead of putting up Christmas lights, okay. Instead of Christmas lights, and <clears throat> there's somebody in Can- the, a monastery in Kansas that specializes in peanut brittle. Mm, yeah, and pe- I love I like peanut brittle, but I like beer a lot more. And I just wish monks would stick to beer. They have a lot of competition now. Now they do. All those microbreweries. Yeah, if they want to stay competitive, they've got to branch out. Yes, so. Christmas lights. Man, they, like when we went through it, there were just hundreds and hundreds of cars going through it. And at the very end, there's this monk and he was in this little box and he had like a butterfly net and he would stick it out at you and people would drop money in it and he'd pull it back towards him and then he'd just dump all the money in this ginormous box. And it was just like, like a machine, one after the other. Butterfly net, get money, dump it in box. Butterfly net, get money, dump it in box. There's a, a there's several light shows like that here in, in Wichita. And one of them that we went to a couple of years ago, I can't remember what organization it was for, but but it was pretty cool. And they do it every year. But they tell you when you pull up to tune in to a certain radio station that's playing Christmas music. Right. 
and like sponsored it, but it's just a regular radio station, a regular secular station that's playing, playing Christmas music. And so we're driving through this thing and there's, yeah, there's hundreds of cars. There was a long line. It took us like 20 minutes just to get in, um, wrapped around the block, you know, and stuff. And, and so we're driving through and it's playing Christmas music and then it goes to commercials and there's a commercial for a strip club <laughs> in the middle of it. We're Merry driving through Christmas. With our, all oh, these families oh. and oh man, that was kind of weird. That is weird. <laughs> so Kent, you got your sermon already? Yeah, it's done. It is done. We're talking about forgiveness this week. Don't forget the candles. Don't forget the candles. What does that mean? The candles. You forgot the candles. I did. And I'm very upset with you for forgetting the candles. What's he talking about, Dan? When you when you took the silver the uh, silverware, uh, uh, you should have uh, taken the candles your video, too. I'm not using your video. I've You're not gonna use that. That's the best video. Yes. No. The They're candle holders. The candle holders, yeah. I don't think you he took wasn't candles. worried about the candles. Oh, I said yeah. candles. Ah, oh, darn it, I messed up the joke. Yeah, you did. I totally Wait, didn't. Let's get go it. back and redo that again. All right. I'll go back and I'll I'll change it so that I'm saying candle holders. <laughs> It'll be like candle holders. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those Yankee candles smell pretty good. That's yeah. true. I can understand right. why Jean Valjean would steal, steal the Yankee, Yankee candles. candles. <laughs> my son, mm, I have bought your soul with my Yankee candles, and now transfer it to God. That's a great scene. It man. is a That's great my scene. Favorite. I'm gonna put it on the pot or on the. Uh, the website, yeah, you have to now so people will know what you're talking about. You go go to Breaking Awesome, and if you haven't seen, I'm going to put the, the Liam Neeson version of it like I sent you. It's a great clip about forgiveness and yep. how it should work. Yeah, so I'm, I'm preaching on forgiveness, which I think is just a difficult topic. I probably preach on it two or three times a year just because it's something that keeps coming around for people, I think. It's a tough one to describe. People... S- People still aren't forgiving. You got to keep. I think they just struggle with that. It's, it's almost, it's like, it's like sin probably because it's wrapped up in sin. So it's difficult to do for some. So what's going to be your, your thesis? So my basic outline or plan is to, um, to kind of attack it from the side instead of going straight on and talking about how you need to forgive people. I'm going to talk about how I'm going to start out by talking about, I'm actually going to tell the story of my child uh, flooding Matt's basement with the toilet and getting a clog and trying to overcome the clog by flushing it more. And, uh, and so, (laughs) and so I'm going to talk about how we all have a, we all have a relationship with God, but sometimes it can feel like it's clogged. Like it doesn't seem to move and how sometimes that's not just, like the flow of life, that there are things that we can do that actually hinder our relationship with God. And so, (laughs) gotcha. Uh, and so, um, I'm just going to talk about that and then talk about how our, our ability to forgive is tied up with our, our our understanding of God forgiving us. And so that God doesn't, he has, there's problems with us not forgiving others that he'll not forgive us. Tie all that in kind of thing. Dan says he's got to yep. go, so we'll say goodbye to Dan. Say goodbye, Dan. Bye, Bye Dan. Good night. Good night. chatting with you. We'll talk to you Peace later. Out. See you, man. See you. All right, so uh, 
What was that that you just said about forgiveness? <laughs> I got distracted by Dan holding a sign up. I know. I'm not sure what I said really made sense. Uh, I'm just talking about how, how you can unclog your relationship with God by forgiving other people. So that forgiveness is the plunger. Yeah, it allows it allows God's forgiveness to flow into you. I'm going to end with talking about unsticking a brain uh, a drain with Drano and how kind of really understanding how much God's forgiven you is the thing that will unstick your ability to forgive other people too. Cause once you realize, really realize the parable is all about this guy who owes his master 10,000 bags of gold and he just gets forgiven of that. And if you really understood how much you've been forgiven, it would unlock your ability to, to forgive others too. So, so understanding is good, but how do you like really experience that? God's forgiveness or yeah. How do you experience that in a, a, a way that changes your life? Right. I don't know. How would you explain that to somebody? No, I don't, I don't know. I was just wondering. <laughs> I thought maybe since, since I'm a you've been pastor thinking about and all it. that I would have the answer. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to some degree it's allowing God to forgive you. I think, I think a lot of times we, we don't, the forgiveness is there. I mean, it's just a matter of us actually accepting it and realizing it. And I think in America, a lot of the times the problem is that we don't, we don't think we have a great need for forgiveness. We think we're, you know, we talked about that before about how we're just kind of good old boys and we don't see that we don't see that we owe a debt of 10,000 bags of gold, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. so I think some degree you, you also have to come face to face, square up with your sin in order to really understand the gravity of that. And I do think to some degree it's an intellectual exercise. To some degree it's an emotional exercise. It's spiritual, you know, it's, but I think whenever you do face that, there's a humility that comes out of it that makes it hard to hold. Like when I, when I'm, I'm preaching on the parable that comes out of Matthew 18 and that guy who has the 10,000 bags gets forgiven. He sees a buddy on the street who owes him a couple hundred bucks kind of thing. And he chokes the guy and throws him in jail. And when I get to that part, I'm going to stop and I'm going to not put the rest of the scripture up on the screen. And I'm going to kind of make this big deal about how we know how this story is going to end the guy. Cause he just was forgiven all this money. He's going to forgive this guy. It's going to be this really great story. And then I'm going to start reading it and kind of act surprised by like, what Je- you know, Jesus got this wrong kind of thing. Um, because to me, it's so shocking, but we don't read it that way because we've just heard it or, you know, a lot of us have heard it our whole lives. We don't see right. how shocking that really is, but how true it is that every day we, we have been forgiven so much. We'll hold that over other people without a thought of like how we're destroying them. So how do we forgive people? What does that mean? Practically? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've always said that it's giving up our right to revenge which I think is still true, but I think there's also this piece where you, and I haven't really figured out how to say it well, but where you kind of have to lay yourself down. I mean, it's not because yes, I am giving whatever you've done to me. I'm giving up my right to, to, to hold vengeance against that action. I'm giving that to God and saying, God, I trust you to deal with this, however, and to handle it righteously. Um, But there's also this part that just that I think that kind of ignores the fact that I also, have to love you. And in order for me to love the person that I'm forgiving like it's, is it's more than that. Yeah. To, to love them really means I have to 
like I have to sacrifice and die to myself because I don't want to love that person. You know, I want to hate them at kind of my flesh level. So we talked about it over text a little bit. So right. do you forgive people even if they're not asking for forgiveness? Yeah. I mean, wh- what do you think about that? I mean, we did talk about that some. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think for forgiveness is as much for the person who's forgiving as it is for the person who needs to be forgiven. Right. And so even if they're not asking for it, even if they don't want it or reject it, it's important for us to still forgive people. Right. And I think like... As I was asking some of those questions that I asked you guys over text and as we chatted about it, for me, it's um, that passage specifically follows this text where Jesus is saying, hey, if somebody's sinning against you, you need to go to them and you need to confront them. And it's all about trying to restore that person, you know. Um, And then out of that, Peter says, how many times should I forgive my brother? And, And so I think specifically in that passage, he's really dealing with there's somebody who has come and they're trying to restore, you know, Peter is asking, there's somebody who I'm supposed to forgive. They're asking for forgiveness. They've messed up. How many times should I let that go? And Jesus is in essence is like forever because you're, you are in the same boat and you don't even realize it. You know, that's kind of the, so it, right. so it like that, it, that's one of the struggles I think with just even dealing with any kind of text like that is that there is a greater scheme. Like you're saying that, we should forgive people just to forgive them. But I don't know that that could be preached specifically from that text. You know, that makes sense because. Yeah. And maybe you don't need to for, right. You know, for one sermon, you can focus a sermon on, on one specific need of your congregation. Well, and that's why I like that topic specifically, I preach on two or three times a year. Cause it's, I feel like it's pretty deep in it. And it's such a deep seated thing inside of us that even if somebody says, okay, today, yeah, I get it. I'm going to forgive them tomorrow. Something might happen that dredges it all back up and make. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you, even when you choose, like have a, like a a moment where you choose to forgive somebody, it doesn't just fix it inside of you instantly. Sometimes maybe it does, but it depends on how deep it is. You may have to forgive them over and over and over again, even just for the one incident just before it finally starts sticking in your own soul, you know? Right. Right. And in your, in your own well, be, psyche and your emotions. Because whatever has been done to you that's hurtful probably was not just a one-time event that happened in a five minute period, you know? I mean, it could have been, but most of the time that stuff, even if it was something in a short period of time, the effect of it has been carried on in your life for a long time. And so you're right. still having to, to me that forgiveness is peeling back those layers and it's choosing to love that person in the midst of that. But, and that's probably why it's good. Well, I mean, it's good to, to forgive quickly and not let it simmer Yeah, because the longer you let it grow in you, the more it gets a hold of you. Right. Yeah. And so there's more layers that you have to peel back later. The other thing too, that I've, I think about a lot when I'm preaching this is like trying to help people understand that, forgiveness doesn't equal access. So like if you have somebody in your life who you've, who's abused you that you can forgive them genuinely, but it doesn't mean that they get equal access to your life again, you know, where. Right. It doesn't mean trust. Right. Right. Trust still has to be earned, but I think forgiveness is free, but trust is not. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of times in our, in, in kind of the 
Cause a lot of times sermons nowadays get caught up in the self-help type of genre. I, and I say that real kind of uneasy even cause I don't, I don't like criticizing pastors and their preaching cause it's such a difficult thing, but it can be easy to get swept into that, that type of genre where we're just giving self-help advice and little, little snippets that sound really cool. Um, and I think sometimes we can create issues for people who are sitting out there and they think, okay, so I just need to forgive everybody. And, you know, and then they do let somebody have access that <clears throat> maybe shouldn't, or they struggle with that of feeling like, well, I can't forgive this person cause I can't give them access or. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That is a deep issue. Yeah. But it's so essential. Yeah, it really is. So I'll let you know how it goes. All right, cool. Well, I listened to your Easter sermon, like I said, and it was really good. Yeah, thanks, man. <clears throat> I liked it. Thanks. I'll put it on the, the uh, a link to it. Okay. I was really bummed that the end got cut off. <clears throat> yeah, so what'd you say after so, that? After yeah. at, at the end, you, you played a, a clip of um, the Duck Dynasty, Phil and his wife, yeah, right? yep. Phil... Talking about their, their testimony kind of. Yeah, kind of. right. So sharing how they came to know Christ. And um, so after that, I talked about this girl that I had pursued um, when I was single. Oh, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, you didn't get to finish right. the story. And at the beginning, I was like, oh, he's leaving us hanging on it. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> the, the end was me. I came back to that and I said, um, there was there was a moment when. I saw that same girl again and Dreamweaver started playing, you know, Dreamweaver and you know, the lights went dim. And I said, in that moment, they opened these doors and she walked through them and she was in this beautiful white gown and she walked down to me and became my wife. Mm -hmm. And I said, what you don't know is that that didn't come easy. I had to pursue her. She, she didn't want to be with me, I, you know, and kind of made <laughs> jokes about that. And I said, but, but I had to pursue her and, and kind of woo her and win her. And I said, some of you don't know this, but you're here today because God is still pursuing you and he's madly in love with you. And you've thought he's distant and he's a God that's far off, but he's not, he's coming after you and wants you and wants to have a relationship with you. And all it takes is for you to turn to him today. And so I just kind of, you, you know, came back to that story, did a full, I like to do that kind of bring the full circle around and uh, right. So cool. Yeah, I was really bummed that they cut that, that it just, you know, this signal dropped off and yeah. lost it, but yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it still worked okay. Yeah. But yeah, the, it, there wasn't that resolution. Right. Yeah. And, our, and so we had two services on Easter and in the first service, I didn't use that ending. I used a different ending and uh, I, somebody afterwards was like, who was the girl? And I was like. Oh shoot. It was my wife. <laughs> and so literally as that video was playing, I was like, Oh, I didn't ever wrap up who the girl was again. And so I kind of came up real quickly with the ending during the video so that I could wrap it up and pull it all together. <laughs> so. so that was kind of impromptu anyway. Yeah. But it was good. I mean, the resolution. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But it fit so well. I mean, it was kind of a perfect ending. I felt like God just gave it to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But not for the listeners at home, yeah. just for the people at church. Siento mucho. Should have been there, suckers. Yeah. Well, I had some articles that we could talk about, but maybe with the skeleton crew, we should just wrap it up. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. All right. So thanks, everyone, for listening to the Breaking Awesome podcast. 
You can find us at breakingawesome.com and check out our show notes and past episodes and uh, ask us a question, comment on the website. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes and check back in with us next week. Any final words, Ken? Do us a favor, share it on social media, get all your friends listening because, you know, we just broke awesome. Blah, blah. Let me do it again. That's so much better at this than you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>